0: Here on the floor. I don't know what that does all the camera work, and that doesn't matter. I just want to. We'll get really comfortable here in just a moment. Um, if you want to open your Bible, though, I want to go to Exodus 34. We were here last last week. I just threw it in into the the service last week was Pentecost, and I don't know if you remember the imagery of the the celebration, the Shavat, the first. This is what they celebrated when the law was given, and how the law of God came out of uh, how the law of God came out of His mouth. And it wrapped around Israel and it encamped around them. It came out of his mouth and it split up like fire. This is what the, 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 the Hebrew scholars tell us what happened when God declared his law to Moses and to the nation of Israel. When he declared it, the words came out of his mouth and split into tongues of fire went around the whole camp of Israel hovered over their heads, like just pictured the power and the imagery of God's voice, was like fire set up on their heads, and as it, it went through the whole camp, and then it came back, and then it inscribed on the tablets the law of God in every, na- in every native tongue that was known at that time. Scholars believe that there were 70 languages that this happened to. There were 70 tablets. Like, think about this for a moment. Uh, The Tower of Babel splits us into our own tribes and our own tongue and our own nation, and we can't speak to each other. And God comes out and he declares his word, and he says it in a way that every nation and every person, whatever situation you're in or whatever background you're in, you can understand the law of God, because there's a way to live, and it's God's way, right? There's a way to live where it goes best for us, and it's God's way. And so I want you to just picture this imagery as the Word of God coming out like fire and inscribing on these tablets the law of God. And we celebrated Pentecost last week. The imagery was on the day of Pentecost. There was a sound from heaven. Come on. Like a rushing mighty wind. And what happened? It filled the whole, everyone say it filled the house. The same imagery of, of the first of the giving of the law. And it says, and there appeared to them tongues of fire, just like happened uh, when God was giving the law and the tongues of fire sat up on each of them. Come on, you, you've seen the picture of the flames sitting on their head and they begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Think about that, the imagery of that and, and this. And they're speaking in the tongues and the people from all over the nations of the world came in and they're like, how do you know my personal tribe's language? How did you learn it? you've never been to my country. And they're like, this is the promise that God said he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Your prophet Joel told you about it. This is that promise. And God's speaking and he's saying, I want you to come close. I want to heal you. I want to be your God and I want you to be my people. And that's really the whole call of creation is that God wants us to be his people. That's what Christianity is all about. It's not about going to church, doing the works. It's that God wants to be our dad and he wants us to be his sons and daughters. And he wants to wrap his law around our hearts because his law protects us. His law constrains us. It restrains. It protects us from, from the good that's in, from getting out, and the bad that's outside getting in. His law is like a fire, a hedge of fire around us, and it protects us. And God wants you to know today that he's jealous for you. He's jealous for you. He absolutely loves you. You know, the imagery all through the Old Testament was that Israel would fall into idolatry But the word that he would often use is that they would prostitute themselves out, that they would commit adultery, that they would have other gods. And God is saying, look, I want to be your only God. I want to be your dad. And I want you to be my people. I want you to be my sons and daughters. I want to cover you and protect you and keep you safe. I want my law to be wrapped around you. I want you to meditate on it day and night. Because if you meditate on this law, this fire breathed out of the mouth of God, if you meditate on it day and night, it will be strength to your bones. It will make sure that things go well for you. That's the message of the gospel. The law of God is here to protect us and to make our life prosperous, not to harm us, but to give us hope in a future. Amen? And so when Moses comes down and he sees what happened, he's angry and he breaks the tablets. And so God is giving him another opportunity and goes up before God. And God's declaring the word of the Lord again on these two tablets. And Moses. This is found in Exodus 34, and I just wanted to give the imagery because I don't think we spend enough time studying the actual, like, the Bible stories and how things actually progress through the Bible. We teach topical message often, and we had a great conversation, Jason and I, this week. How, like, uh, we missed the, the Bible study part of the sermons, and, and so we're going to give a little more context going forward just because I don't want to take for granted that we all just know this stuff. Like the, that story of the Torah being given, the law being given, and it coming out of God's mouth like fire and splitting up and going around. I'd never heard that before. And I went to Bible school. <laughs> I, I, never, I never knew that. I never understood that. And it took reading some, some uh, Messianic Jewish uh, scholar papers for me to even discover and find that. Like I didn't know. And so I don't want to take for granted that we just know the Bible because every bit of it is important because they all, all of the things in there had to come to pass, and they had to be lined up. Uh, the Bible says that not, not one I will be undotted or one T left uncrossed in His law. It's going to be accomplished. And so here we are in Exodus 34, and I want to start with verse 8. And so He's just telling them, I'm the Lord, I'm, I'm God. There's no other God besides me. I'm God. And He declares His name before Moses, and He tells them, Now, listen, I want you to hear this. We don't talk about this a lot because we're a New Testament church and there's a new covenant. But under the old covenant, he said that I'm the Lord, the God who visits the sins of the fathers on the children and the children's children. Like that's what he said. He's like when when fathers sin under the old covenant and if we attach ourselves to the law then that sin, the pain of that sin, the consequence of that sin is not only felt by the person that commits the sin, it's passed on through the family. And we used to teach this and talk about it a lot, about generational curses and and things that are passed down. I want to look at it from a different perspective today, though. And I want to say that we're dealing with the residue of past generational decisions. Some of us are dealing with pain as an adult from things that happened when we were children or something that happened to our grandchildren. Like, I did this study a few years back, and they, uh, the, the scientists have discovered that on the actual DNA strands of Holocaust survivors, on their great-grandchildren, there's trauma written into their DNA. There is literally trauma. They can see it on the DNA. This trauma that was passed on from generation to generation, On families that were involved in the slave trade, they have discovered that on the generation after the generation, the DNA coding is actually coded with trauma, with pain on it. There's pain there. And that's because sin is a curse. And it's passed on to the next generation. We're dealing right now in our nation, in our country, we're trying to revive a racial war that a lot of us are saying, dude, I I don't want to be in a racial war. I love everyone. I'm tired of this, but there's still pain and trauma that's written on the DNA of of people. And until there's healing there, this thing's going to keep coming up. And the healing isn't going to be some law or some, you know, well, you're going to have to do this so that I feel better. It's going to be the blood of Jesus that's going to heal the actual trauma, the pain triggers that are written on the children's children and the children. And God's saying, yeah, when someone sins, the pain and the consequences of that decision are powerful. Why do we not want to sin? Because we're powerful. And when we sin, when we do a wrong thing or when we don't do a right thing, our powerful decision has consequences to it. But Jesus came to take the consequences on himself. We're going to get into this in just a moment. I want to read the scripture so I can dive back to this. So Moses, after God declares his name to him and declares that the sins, the, the, the effect, the pain, the trauma of the sin will be passed to the children, and to the grandchildren. Moses bows down before God in holy reverence. He falls before him. And he cries out and he worships God. And he says, God, if I have found favor in your eyes, then go with us. Don't leave us. Don't abandon us. Don't leave us to ourselves. Go with me. How many need the Lord to be with you? Like he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. Look, the things that you are dealing with right now, you're not dealing with alone the trauma, the pain of your decisions or people's decisions before you. You're not dealing with them alone. There is a person named Jesus who took all of that weight and all of the consequences and all the sin at the cross. He took it on himself so that he could release to him our, his burden instead of our burden. And Moses says, you're right, God, although we are a stubborn and stiff-necked people. He's like, you're right, God, although we're rebellious, Man, that rebellion pops up, doesn't it? That stubbornness pops up in our lives. He says, even though it's true, we're rebellious, we're stiff-necked. Will you forgive us? Will you forgive our wickedness? Will you forgive our iniquities? Will you forgive our sin? And will you take us as your inheritance? What a beautiful picture. Will you make us your own possession is what he's saying. Will you make us your possession? Will you possess us instead of all these other things? how many would pray that today? God, would you possess me instead of all the other things that have possessed me, that have grabbed my attention, grabbed my affection? We just sing about it. God, will you possess me? Will you take hold of me? And then the Lord said to him, I'm making a covenant with you. Everyone say covenant. He says, I'm making a covenant with you. And then he tells him what he's going to do. Before all your people, I will do wonders. Everyone say wonders never before done in any nation in all of the world. He's making him a pretty cool promise. I will do wonders that you've never seen before. And the people you live among will see how awesome the work that I do is and that the Lord will do for you. But here's the, here's the contingency. Obey me. Obey my law. Obey my commands. And then if you obey me, not only, not only will I do wonders that no one's ever seen before, but I will go before you and I will drive out all of your enemies and he lists them, he names them out. How how awesome is that? God, hello. Like I'm thinking about right now in my life, I am facing trauma from my childhood. I'm just going to talk to you today. I'm fa- I'm in a season again of, of every day's a sozo for Jared multiple sozos. If you don't know what sozo is, it's inner healing. And the word sozo means saved, healed, delivered. And the Lord told me years ago, he's like, Jared, if you'll let me, I'll give you a sozo every week, every day, whatever you need, I'll give you a sozo. I'm like, Lord, I, I need a sozo. And so I'm, there's, there's this place where I'm at in my life where the sins and the consequences of mine and past generations have, have brought up the trigger, the trauma, the pain that's written on my heart and the Lord's healing that, right? And the Lord wants to heal all of it. And here's how I've felt. Just tell me what my enemies are. <laughs> what am I fighting here? Have you ever been in a fight and you're like, you know you're in a fight and you're struggling and you don't really know why. You're like, I don't know. I just feel really bad right now. I'm depressed. I'm struggling. I'm frustrated. I'm lost. I don't. I'm disillusioned. Or I'm. I'm I'm even throwing away things that I've always believed. I'm throwing down um, uh, boundaries that I've always had set up. I'm just. I don't know why. Well, I feel like the Lord today wants to tell you why. I feel like He wants to tell us why. I feel like He wants to name our enemy to us. He wants to name that thing that's coming against us. He wants to say orphan spirit poverty spirit, insecurity, pride, rebellion, jealousy, whatever it is. He wants to name our enemy to us so that he says, if you'll obey me, I will drive out that enemy that you just heard me say. How many would love, love the Lord to do that? I, I do. I want the Lord to name, tell you, who am I fighting right now so I know what I'm up against? God will name that enemy. He names every one of them. I'm going to drive out the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. He just names them. You're not going to go in this alone, and you're not going to go in in the dark. You're not going to go in blindsided. I'm telling you who your enemies are so that you know that when I defeat them, it was me that did it. Just he says, just obey me and this will happen. And then he goes on and he says, be careful, though, not to make a treaty with your enemies. Everyone say treaty. Because if you make a treaty with them, they will become a snare to you. And what is the purpose of a snare? Think about it. You ever see a a, a bear trap, right? You walk into a bear trap. What's the purpose of that snare, that trap? It's hidden in a place that you typically go. It's on a trail that you typically walk, but it's hidden. It's disguised. So when you're going about your normal business, walking down the normal trail, you always walk because have you ever seen the animal trails, right? They walk the same trails. There are trails all over that animals for thousands of years have traveled the same trails from their generations. They've traveled them. It's worn down in the grass and the dirt, the same trail. So what the enemy likes to do is to find the places you always go, the trail you always walk. And he likes to set a trap where you're not expecting it. And then he waits. He just waits. He doesn't have to fight. He doesn't have to do anything. He just sets a trap in your mundane everyday walk of life. And then as we're not paying attention, because why would we? I know the trail I've been here before. I know this. This is a path I've walked. I don't even, like, we don't look down at our feet when we walk. We just walk, right? We walk straight ahead because we know the path that we're on. We know the path. So as we're walking unaware because why would anything be different? He lays a snare for us. And what's the purpose of the snare? To capture us, to stop us. Have you ever seen an animal that gets trapped in a snare? They fight like crazy to get out, but they can't get out. They're trapped. And all the willpower and all the fighting and all the screaming, doesn't matter because I stepped into a snare. I stepped into a trap. And he says to, uh, to Israel here, and I believe he's saying it to us today, look, don't make a treaty with your enemies because they will sneak traps in your way and you won't even be aware of it. And you'll step into that trap and you'll become they're, you'll become in bondage to them. You'll become their slave again. And he goes on and he says, don't worship any other gods, for the Lord God is jealous. Like I said, I said this last week, the, that word jealous there is only used in the Bible referring to God. It's not the jealousy that man feels. It's not the jealousy that women feel. It's not the jealousy that children feel. It's only a jealousy that God feels where he says, I am the only one. There is no one beside me. What what does the law say in Deuteronomy? The Lord our God is one. Have no other gods before me. And so God is saying, I'm a jealous God. Don't worship any other idols. Tear down all of their places of worship. And then he goes on, he says, Be careful again not to make treaty with those who live in the land, because they will prostitute themselves out. And then they will eat, and then you will eat food sacrificed to their idols. I believe the Lord today wants to set us free from traps that have been laid in our normal everyday life. I don't know how, how to get into this. It's just, it's just kind of a talk. It's just kind of a talk. But I've just been going down my everyday life and the Lord said, oh, there's an enemy. There's a thing that you need to face. And here's the problem. Sometimes it's easier to just say, I don't want to fight. I don't want to know. I don't want to dig into this right now. I'm pretty much tapped out on what I can handle right now. Have you ever felt that before? All right. I, like, yeah. and, and so I love how the Lord just usually tells us one thing at a time. You know, his to-do list is not like a honey-do list. Like, hey, there's 18 things I need you to do when you get home. And it's one thing. It's, it's nice. It's sweet. And it's one thing. And it's really important. But I feel like the Lord is trying to bring our attention and say, hey, there's some things I'm going to be bringing up over the next few days and weeks because they're an enemy to you. And it's a trauma that's been written onto your heart. And it's a trigger. And it causes pain. And it causes defensiveness. And when that thing rises up, it causes us to do something stupid. And so I feel like the Lord wants to heal us today. I feel like He wants to heal you from trauma, pain. We're not making a treaty with the enemy. We're not just going to say, oh, I'll I'll wait to another time, another day. If the Lord brings something to our attention, we need to to go with him there. We need to trust him. If God doesn't bring it to our attention, we don't need to pay pay attention to it. I really, I really beginning to believe this more and more, the older I get. If God doesn't bring something up to me or through someone that I'm, like, oh, I recognize the Lord in that from, from, from people around me. Then I'm like, okay, that's not from the Lord right now. I'm not going to turn my uh, attention and fight that right now because I only want to, I only want to respond to the Lord's initiations. And I don't want that to sound super spiritual where like, Oh, you can't say something to me if I'm acting like an idiot. Yeah. If I'm acting like an idiot, you have freedom to say something to me. If you see me do something wrong that I have a blind, obviously we want people to say things to us. What I'm talking about is the deep, the deep um, healing and the deep uh, where God removes things out of us. It needs to be initiated by him. It needs to be brought up by him. Otherwise it could be a trap. It could be a trick. And we can start trying to deal with this thing over here, and it's really not even—it's really not on God's heart right now. And I, I know that sounds really weird, but God usually is singularly focused. Like He points at specific things and He wants to deal with it. And I just want to say today, like if you've had trauma in your life, I feel like the Lord wants to heal you. I feel it very strongly for men. I feel like God's about to do something. We're working on some things behind the scene for men's ministry in our church. That's going to be different than anything you've seen before. We're going to try to break some laws that the church has written. We're going to try to reach men because we know the, 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 the history tells us, statistics tell us, if you win the father, you win the home. It's just true. Now, that doesn't devalue a single mom's ability to step in and be the priest of her home because no one fights like a mama. (laughs) No one fights spiritually like a mama or in other ways, right? I mean, women pick up cars and rescue kids. Like, come on, dude. Like, so I'm not devaluing women at all. I'm just saying that men need to realize that there is a value placed on a father serving the Lord with all of his heart. Something happens when a man's heart is turned toward the Lord. When it's tender before God, something shifts in the whole household. It frees everyone else up to step into their place. It, it takes weight off of men. When we step into our role, it takes weight, weights off of our wives that they're carrying because they they're, they're just take responsibility. But watch what happens over the next few weeks as men and, and women as we step into our rightful place, as men get into this place of, I will take responsibility. I will lift burdens off of my wife. She's been carrying that she shouldn't carry. Watch what happens in our families. I'm telling you, it's things that you've never seen before. Wonders are going to happen. I really believe this. And, and I don't just feel this for men, that God's going to heal men's hearts. So we don't talk about a lot of this stuff. We'll talk more in private with men where we can really get down and talk about it. But God wants to heal the man's, the man's heart and he wants to heal the lady's heart. And, and it's they're very different. Like, regardless of what the world tries to say, we're different for a reason, and it's good. Like God said, it's not good for man to be alone. So He created woman. And the word woman means of man, from the man. Like we need each other. Like we we can't do this without each other. And so today, what I want to do is I want I want you to ask the Lord to heal you. I know you want this. I, I, I know that like we're all in this place. Like we're, how many felt desperate lately? Like we've had some conversations. Like when, when I feel desperate, like spiritually, like I bring everything on the table. I'm like, I'm willing to blow it all up, God, all of it, every bit of it. If it's, I, I need to know what matters right now. I need to know, is this all worth it? I need to know God. And I don't want to just throw the baby out with the bathwater just because I'm so desperate and just throw out good stuff because I got to make a change and I'm throwing everything out. No, I want to preserve the things that need to be preserved. And I want to remove the things that need to be removed. I want to revive the things that need to be revived. Let me feel that way. So in your desperation, don't just make a knee jerk reaction and just throw it all out. Say, Lord, what do you want to do? What needs to be on the table right now? What needs to be taken care of? What needs to be removed? And I feel like for today, it's a healing thing. You see, in the old covenant, you could do 99 good things and you can make one mistake. And the Bible says you were guilty of the whole law. Wow. That's tough. Think about that for a minute. We can get 99 things right all week. We can obey 99 of God's perfect laws, and we can make one mistake. It can even be a little, little mistake, like I sinned when I was angry, or I was jealous, or I had rage, or fill in the blank. It doesn't matter. One thing could, in the Old Covenant could undo all of the righteous things that we did. But in the New Covenant, it's different. In the New Covenant, it's completely different. We could do 99 stupid things. And if we stop and be like, oh my gosh, I've just done not one thing that was stupid. (laughs) Tons of things that are stupid. God, I'm sorry. And I'm going to turn, which is what the word repent means. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn from these things I'm doing. doing, These things I've been doing. I'm going to turn from them and turn to you. And the Bible teaches us that that one turning turning away from those wrong things to God, covers all the wrong things that we did. It's the opposite. 99 good things, one wrong thing trumps the 99 good. In the new covenant, 99 wrong things, one good decision trumps it all under the covenant of Jesus. That's what I'm here to talk about today. Like, The trauma, the pain, the sins of the fathers and the mothers being passed on through generation can stop today. I really believe that it can stop today. We're not going to make a treaty with our enemies. We're not going to just continue to deal with this and try to self-help and or medicate or fill in the blank. Once and for all, we're going to say, God, we're, we're, we're here. We're laying ourselves on the altar and we need you to heal us. And if you've been frustrated, if you've been going through this, or if you've been feeling things come up, the Lord wants to heal you. Would you stand? I just want to begin to pray. This is how we're going to end it. We're going to begin to pray. First thing we're going to do is we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come. Holy Spirit, come and do your, do your job. The thing you love to do, draw us to the Father. Draw us to Jesus. Holy Spirit, turn your searchlight on. Identify that one thing that matters right now. God, I want to speak to everyone that's watching, listening, or here in the room. We speak to the pain that's been passed on. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God who heals us. We break treaties with our enemy. We ask that you would make us aware of the snares on our daily walk, the daily grind, the things hidden in plain sight that we step right into. God, we ask that you would go before us and remove the snares of our enemy. We ask that you would go before us and burn up every weapon that he's formed against us We ask for you, God, to be a jealous God for us. Be jealous for me, God. Be jealous for me. Would you pray that? Be jealous for me, God. God, may today be a day of healing of wholeness your word says you heal us that you bind up the bruises that a bruised reed you will not break and a smoking candle you will not quench God you keep us alive you sustain us with the the word of your power Mm. that's what the word says you sustain us with your word God I ask that you would send your word right now and heal us God, we give it all to you. I want to I remind everyone that God is not bound by time. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. He does not change. He can heal us right now. He can heal our future and He can go into our past and heal our past. If you have past trauma right now, i just release the Holy Spirit right now to heal your past trauma. Come on. Just give it to him, release it to him. Here's an important thing we all need to remember. It's not the pain that needs to go, it's the trauma. It the, the trauma causes me to react. It causes me to get off the mark. Pain causes me to come to him. <laughs> so there's a difference. And I would have thought this was heresy when I was a young man to say that pain was good. Or that when God brings pain up, that it's good for it. that sounds horrible, right? Why would God let me feel pain? But pain is good for me. I used to make fun, my dad would tell me, pain is the greatest teacher. I'd be like, what a stupid thing to say. <laughs> But I was immature and stupid. I didn't understand what pain does. And as I've gotten older, I understand that pain leads me to God. It brings me to Him. If I have pain, I need healed. And there's a healer. That's an important lesson to learn. Those are important dots to make connections to. That I have pain, and I need to be healed from my pain. Where do I go? There's a healer. His name is Jesus. So if you've been feeling pain lately... Don't numb the pain. Come on, I'm urging you. Don't, don't push the pain away. Sounds stupid. Sounds counterintuitive. But lean into the pain because the pain will reveal the deep longing in our heart. This is, I want to be well. And that will lead us to the obvious conclusion that Jesus is the one that makes me well. So I need Jesus. So, God, right now, we embrace the pain that we feel right now. Again, it sounds so crazy, but I know it's right. I know it's right. We embrace the pain that you bring to the surface right now because it leads to Where else would we go, Lord? Where else would we go? When you speak, you heal us. When you speak, we come alive. We have no healer other than Jesus. Come on, would you say that? I have no healer other than God. Famous saying says, we kiss the wave that crashes us against the rock of ages. Whew. We kiss the waves that have crashed us against the rock of ages. God, we I love how you reduce us to the most important thing. You're so good at getting to the root of a matter. And for us today, how many would agree with us? For us today, the root of the matter is we need Jesus. <laughs> So I feel pretty good, God, that if we get to that place, that, that we'll figure out how to build our lives. We'll figure out how to handle the pain. We'll figure out how to handle the consequences because you're with us. I feel pretty confident, God, that if we get to this lowest common denominator that says we need Jesus. We need a Savior. Then we're in a good spot. I feel like that's what you meant when you said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God, I feel like you're bringing us to a place of spiritual poverty where we know we have nothing to bring to the equation. We only need Jesus. And God, from this place, we will build our lives. Would you pray that, God, from this place where Jesus is the rock that I build my life upon, (laughs) I will move forward from here. Hmm. You're in a good place. You're in a good place. He cares so deeply for you. Would you say that? God cares so deeply for me. (laughs) Here's what's going to happen. You're going to have dreams. You're going to have memories. I'm just telling you because this is what's been going on. Sometimes, when a memory comes up, you're going to want to shove it away and not look into it. You're going to want to hide it, put it back under the bed. But the Lord wants you to look into the memory's eyes because He's revealing your enemy to you. And He's saying, That's one of the Amorites. That's a Canaanite. That's a Jebusite. That's the enemy we're going to go after. There is something that happened in this memory that I want to heal. And I really feel the Lord's going to do that for you. So, you may be driving down the road and, and hear a song, and it may trigger a memory. Don't run and hide. Don't self-medicate. We self-medicate in hundreds of ways. We know what that means now. It's pretty, right? I mean, self-medicate. It could be anything. Don't do that. Run to Jesus. There's nowhere else to go. There's nowhere else to go. There's no safer place to go than Jesus. And here's the thing. You can trust what He's doing right now in your life. And if He doesn't bring it up, ignore it. If God doesn't bring it up, either through his voice directly to your heart or through your wife or your friend or someone saying, hey, and it bears witness with you. If it doesn't come from him, throw it away. It's a trap. It's a trap every single time. And especially because we're already Christians, it's a trap of of the Pharisee. It's a trap of religion. So we release you right now from that. God, you said that we are the sheep of your pasture. Let's pray this. God, you said... That I am a sheep in your pasture, and I know your voice, and I will not follow another. You also said that we, as sheep, are in the palm of your hand, and that nothing could take us from that place. So we're safe with you. You're the good shepherd. Oh, you're the good shepherd. You're the good shepherd. Come on. You're the good shepherd. I bless you with healing. (laughs) I bless you with his voice. I bless you with sozos from Jesus. Come on. Uh, With inner healing, with strength from him. May you you be blessed this week. May may his presence go with you, come on, and surround you. And may he begin to do wonders in your life. Hmm. We bless you. Thank you so much for being here. If you want prayer for anything else, we love to pray with you here at the front. Enjoy your time, fellowship, hang out in the coffee areas. Again, thanks for being here. We bless you.